When the Syrian crisis hit Europe's shores in 2015, journalists were quick to assure the public that for every 10,000 EU citizens, only 11 asylum seekers had come to live with them. Others stressed that even if a million refugees would come to live in Germany, they'd only represent a small percentage of its total population, less than 0.05% of all EU citizens. Surely, if such statistical trickery still has you worried about Europe's demographic future, you must be a racist. The numbers are correct, to be sure, but the conclusion that all will be well is not. The numbers obscure a particular fact that most immigrants are young people in their early 20s, whereas indigenous Europeans have a median age in their late 40s. A median German, for example, is 46 years old. Since older women can't have any more children, immigration of hordes of young people means that, soon, around half of the youngest generations of Western Europeans will be children of immigrants. In the wake of the Syrian refugee crisis, few politicians dared to speak such truths. One of the rarer ones, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, warned, all of a sudden we will see that we are a minority in our own continent. Both left-wing and right-wing media denounced Orban's claim as the ravings of a nationalist radical, but he was also right. The matter of concern isn't the absolute number of migrants pouring in, but rather their relative fertility rate. Thilo Zaratzan, author of the best-selling book Deutschland schafft sich ab, Germany abolishes itself, which was never translated into English, decided to question the media's surreptitious downplaying of the consequences of immigration. The meticulous calculations in his book support Orban's claim that Christian Europeans are headed to become minorities in their own countries. Zaratzan explains that already aging native demographics will first kill off a large part of Europe's population. Next, immigrant populations from African and Islamic nations are expected to grow exponentially due to their much higher birth rates. Together, these two processes will tilt the future of Germany and by extension that of Western Europe in Islam's favor. If the net reproduction rate of the autochthonous German people stays where it has been for 40 years, then in the course of the next three generations, the number of German people will shrink to 20 million. Further, it is absolutely realistic that the Islamic population, through a combination of higher birth rates and continued immigration, can grow to 35 million by the year 2100. If this can't be called replacement immigration, then what can? Similar demographic catastrophes can also be observed in the Netherlands, Belgium, Austria, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, France, Italy, England, and of course in the United States, Australia, Canada, and South Africa. The whole wide world is losing ground to third world immigration. If the European Union won't stop and reverse its policies of open borders, and if the last of the Europeans won't rise up to save their countries, they may well be on their way toward extinction. Sarazan stresses the meaning of different birth rates between us and them. In Turkey, the population has seen a fivefold increase in the past 80 years. In comparison to other Muslim countries, however, this population growth is still rather moderate. If the German population had shown the same birth rate as those of the population of Palestine since May 8, 1945, there would have been 600 million Germans in Central Europe now. While Germans have been keeping their family sizes rather small since the Second World War, it makes perfect sense for the surplus birth of Islamic nations to come looking for new Lebensraum in Europe's aging continent. Northern Europe's agricultural lands are far more fertile than those of the Arab deserts. Regardless, a 2008 European Union report on immigration officially stated that projections presented by the European Commission estimate the need for 50 million migrant workers by 2060. Replacement immigration is official EU policy. Sarnzan warns, 
The high birth rate of Islamic migrants is a phenomenon throughout Europe. In Turin, where migrants reached a population share of 10% in a short period since the 1990s, the share of immigrant births is already 25%. One-fifth of the children in Copenhagen, a third of children in Paris, and half of children in London are born of migrant parents. In France, French women have 1.7 children on average, migrants 2.8, but migrants from Tunisia, Turkey and Morocco on average 3.3 to 3.4 children, and therewith more than in their homelands. Still, if one only looks at the number of children per woman, one misses the fact that white women are having their first child at an increasingly later age. Migrant women don't just have more children, they have them earlier. Shorter reproductive cycles mean migrants are winning the reproductive race at exponential speeds. Given that a third of white millennial women say they don't plan on having children, European women seem to have de facto given up on their biological struggles. Thanks to mass immigration, Europe has become a continent of a thousand besieged cities which, like Jerusalem during the Crusades, beg for their liberation. A Western revival cannot succeed without a radical change of mind. In the Siegfried Saga from the Old Norse Edda, it is written, As long as we rule the folk and Siegfried is on our side, the people cannot be happier. And if we would have more children, there wouldn't be a mightier race on earth. We would even withstand the gods. The most radical act for millennial men and women to partake in, in this time of degeneracy, may very well be to give up on drugs and alcohol, to get married and have children.